a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to a bonus episode of Force Ghost Coast to Coast. I am joined tonight by Matt. I am Brian. I should say my name. And uh, we just recorded last week uh, about a, a preview of the Obi-Wan series. And then we have seen the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. And I'm sure we're going to have lots to say about that in a few weeks. What do you think, Matt? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. <laughs> but between then and now, we have had Star Wars Celebration for the first time in two years. And there's uh, there's lots to discuss from Star Wars Celebration. But... Um, the thing I want to start with is that I feel like throughout this whole Disney Plus experience, we have never really had as firm an idea as to sort of what is coming out when and how often as we do now. So we have sort of like the next year or so of Star Wars TV more or less planned out. How do you feel with sort of the way that Disney Plus is shaping up as the as the primary Star Wars delivery system. I I am really liking it because honestly from the looks of it it is for better or for worse kind of non-stop Star Wars from here on out. There is always going to be something either happening or waiting in the wings. It's kind of getting into that rhythm that they got into a little bit earlier with Marvel because I think that they Disney has a little bit heavier of a hand mm -hmm. in that um, but we're really getting it into a good flow now it's not you know we've got six episodes of a series then let's wait a year and a half to see something else um, right. and the, the variety of things that are coming out is fantastic Um and again, it, we've spoken about this, the difference between like Star Trek and Star Wars in this fashion, where in Star Trek, there is such a volume that exists that you can legitimately say, okay, this series isn't for everybody. Um, but in Star Wars, there being such a little screen time, it was always hard to say that. But I really do think we're getting to a point where it's like, you can be mad about X, Y, or Z and not watch that show that's okay. There's lots of other Star Wars content to still enjoy. Right. Well, what I think is really interesting about the announcements that came out of Celebration, and we'll get into some of them specifically in a minute, is I feel like they are starting to set up lanes in which they're allowing themselves to grow a little bit. Like, for instance, I think it was Dave Filoni or John Favreau, I forget which one said it yesterday, in the Mandalorian like family uh panel he basically said all of this is mandalorian plus so mm -hmm. mandalorian plus book of boba fett plus um ahsoka are all kind of in the same um you know little universe and it looks like skeleton crew a new series announced that all we know is that jude law is going to be one of the stars of it and that it is a, a group of children lost in space is sort of the tagline i presume that's part of this too but so there's this like mandalorian corner then we see that Andor is starting up, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, but that seems like other stories could branch off of the Andor uh, route here. 
we got a little bit of news about some films. We got a little bit of news about some higher public stuff. Like, mm-hmm. It just seems like they're instead of there being, like you were saying, the Star Wars thing this year, there's going to be enough things that people are going to be more, they're going to have to speak with more specificity about what part of Star Wars they like. Because yeah. I don't think anybody is going to equally like all the stuff anymore. I don't know if that's possible. Mm-hmm. You have to sort yeah. of pick a side. And it feels like it's getting into, it's breaking back to what the breakdown used to vaguely be when we had the extended universe Mm -hmm. essentially you got things in the bucket of jedi stuff you had empire rebel stuff and then you had fringe bounty hunter outer rim stuff right and it seems like we're getting back into that routine um which i think is perfectly fine yeah i actually think that's that's useful in a certain sense you know um, it, it became like, at once Disney bought Lucasfilm, it seemed like one of their primary objectives was to streamline everything and to say to people, I know there's a thousand novels out there, but here is the stuff that really matters. And as the Disney led Lucasfilm has continued to grow, it becomes a little bit more unwieldy to see everything as essential. Like, you know, the first books that were really announced were the Aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig. And those were sort of seen as like, look, this is the first canon official post-Return of the Jedi pre-The Force Awakens titles. And so if you wanted to really know what was going on with Star Wars, you were told, like, this is what you have to read. Mm-hmm. But as so many other novels get added to that, that gets watered down. And... But, you know, so it just seemed like there needed to be something to be done when it's too big to be just one vein, when it needs to be just tributaries off of the main Star Wars, you know, source there. It seemed like there needed to be a plan in place. And it feels like that plan is happening now. What I find is interesting, though, is that, like, I never thought we'd see Dave Filoni be be one of the main live action folks and sort of leaving the animation to some other people mm-hmm. because he's so ensconced in the animation there, but he's not an animator. You know, he's a writer, he's a director. Yeah. So it makes sense that he is going, that, that, that he has built up enough trust within Lucasfilm and Disney that they feel like, you know, they're going to, they're going to let him go wherever he wants to, or rather maybe they're just sending him where he's most needed. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, a lot of it does feel like, This is not to take anything away from the Mandalorian, but it does feel like Mandalorian season one and two is a ramp up to just live action rebels at this point. Yeah, that I mean, the which is okay. Yes, it is. Um, and I and I feel like what's cool about that is that I I I see Filoni really being the guy behind Ahsoka, and I see Favreau as really the guy behind. The Mandalorian. They're working mm-hmm. together with this stuff, but that seems like pretty much where their like where their collective interests lie, right? And I think it's really cool that you got one guy who is completing this, you know, decade long story he's been telling, and then you have another guy who is creating something I don't want to say brand new because the Mandalorian certainly draws from lots of other things, but mm-hmm. it's just cool to see these guys working in 
in tandem, you know, uh, in, for these different series. I think it's a very cool thing, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. But let's let's talk about some specifics here. So I want to talk about the Andor trailer because I think I can speak for both of us when I say that we're always excited to try new Star Wars stuff, but this series on paper did not seem like super duper exciting to us. It yeah it I was not excited at all for it. Um, I think I've spoken very negatively about it on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but that trailer made me very excited. Um, well, I mean, un- could... unless it's an Obi Wan style bait and switch. Um, <laughs> Where they replace mediocre with fantastic, but this time with fantastic with mediocre, um, I, I I think it's going to be great. So here's my question going into it though: is what is the reason that we were bummed because it was called Andor when it and should have been called Mon Mothma? Right, and, and the reason we're excited now is because it's basically like an early days of the rebellion story. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, I get. I was like, why can't they just call it Rebels? I was like, oh wait. Oh yeah, that's that's already a thing. Never mind. <laughs> but like, Age of Rebellion. I don't. I don't. There. It really could have been named anything other than a character we saw on screen for thirty minutes, and it would have been much more exciting. Even if we knew it was through, sort of his eyes, but it looks like it's not even all that. Um. So I I feel like they might have done themselves a disservice um, cashing in on the name recognition of Cassian Andor. I guess um, I guess yeah. it, I guess it makes for easy it makes for easy discussion for guys like us who do a podcast when it was announced. Okay, we understand when you call it Andor, it sort of sets the time frame Mm-hmm. pretty it, it sort of locks in a time frame and it locks in a at least a portion of the cast right so i understand why but i thought maybe it would the name would change between then and now right mm-hmm. like it was in development as as andor but now it's called something else i mean star wars is a long history of this they actually made posters that say revenge of the jedi and then yeah. they realized, oh, that's a shitty name. We should be Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, A New Hope was not episode four originally. Right, exactly. It was just called Star Wars. It wasn't mm-hmm. called anything else. It was just Star Wars. Um, so I, I thought that maybe Andor mm-hmm. would change. But, I mean... And it, Disney likes rewriting things on Disney Plus yes. as they go along anyway. So it could eventually be called something else. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the trailer looks really good. I'm actually very excited. I only watched it once so far. And I don't want to burn myself out on it. Excuse me. Ah, it's been a long weekend, folks. You have no idea. Um, and uh, But so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it maybe one more time and then letting it sit for a while mm-hmm. You know, before it, the it, series it starts. It looks grittier than I would have thought um, that same kind of the hopelessness but the necessity of rebellion – um, that really was captured in Rogue One and was not captured in Rise of Skywalker. I think it's going to be able to key into that in a way that's really, really good. Uh, I'm going to call it now because Star Wars loves to have cameos and um, uncredited folks show up. 
I think a major player in this, who I don't think has been announced yet, is I think we're going to see Forrest Whitaker as um, oh Saw as Saw Gerrera, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we were going to have to, right? We'll see Saw. We may. Mm, you may even see Hera. Oh, the, I think actually, you're, I think you're going to see Hera. Yes, this might be the one place you see um, Kanan. That is very true, also. Because also, Kanan is interesting because oh, all uh, the uh, other sorry. characters. Let me just say, uh, Sagara mm-hmm. is confirmed already in there. So my apologies. Oh, okay, perfect. But I mean, Kanan Jarrus, all the other characters from Rebels are being highlighted in a lot of other ways. Um, but obviously, Kanan is not going to be in the <laughs> any of these things moving forward. But this is a place where they could actually use him. Yes, that is true. Um. So yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Andor shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should also mention that there was footage released from the Ahsoka series, and uh, this footage was not officially released like, by Lucasfilm. Shh, Brian, <laughs> I, 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 look, I'm not saying we've seen it. I'm just saying it was yeah. released, and we have read some very detailed uh, descriptions of it. Yes. In, in case any uh, government operatives or Lucasfilm operatives are listening, mm-hmm. uh, that that is the party line here. But um, <laughs> but but you you mentioned Rebels, and this seems to be a, almost a direct sequel to Rebels. They they it the ending that trailer was essentially a live action version of the epilogue from Rebels. Yes, and it ends with the picture. With the mural of the of the cast of rebels, mm-hmm. they don't do that if they're not really leaning into that. No, and what I think part, the two pieces of it is it brings in a a new pathway forward for them to tell Jedi stories without Luke Skywalker. Yes, because they I don't know if we talked about this. There was there was an Another p- big piece of Star Wars u- news was a random interview in Entertainment Weekly where that that's where they made the claim where they're not going to be recasting. Uh, was, that, was it Vanity Fair? It was Vanity, uh, somewhere. It was somewhere. I forget where. I'll look. Uh, de- deadline? Yeah. I, think, I think it was Deadline, but I'll look it up. Yeah. So it, uh, I, I was like, I don't think it was Dateline, Brian. That's not. <laughs> deadline. Come on. <laughs> um, but where they said they're not going to be recasting. It was Deadline, yes. Actors. Um, Although we've now seen multiple series that hinge on recasting actors as younger actors. But anyway, I digress. The way that I read that was that they're never going to recast a character who's supposed to look vaguely the age they did in in the original Star Wars. So, like, for instance, Han Solo is only probably 10 years younger in Solo than he was in A New Hope. No more of that. But in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I'm a... I'm not going to say it happened in case folks haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. but there is a very younger version of a Star Wars character in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they don't count that. Or okay. that interview was a big just, you know, rope-a-dope Maybe. to get us to not believe that. So. But we see a younger Mon Mothma in Andor. Yes, I, I said this to you, but, I think, I think in oh, text. Oh, that was before that, yeah. That, was, that actress has been playing Mon Mothma since Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So it's Revenge of the Sith, and then in Rogue One, she's in both of those. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like that ship has sailed as well. Gotcha. So I, again, I they may go back in it and do it, but 
I don't think they, at the moment at least, are willing to do a live action at least Jedi Academy with Luke. Right. The way they can tell Jedi stories in the in-between is through Ezra and Ahsoka. The problem there is that if you want to draw a direct line and lineage of Jedi from Obi-Wan to Luke to Rey, that no longer fits neatly into that kind of story. Um, so I wonder where that would be. The, my other thought, though, is that the Ahsoka series is bringing in a villain because right now Star Wars, for a long time, has had a villain problem. It's Thrawn. It's Thrawn. And th this might be me fanboying, whatever, but I do think Thrawn is a strong enough villain to carry forward, I don't know if we want to use like a Marvel term like phase or whatever i know what you're saying yes but they could he would be a good enough big bad to cover the gap in eras between jedi to um the sequel trilogy i think that's a good point i also think that i mean look we are nothing if not pedantic at times on this show right that is, mm -hmm. that is just sort of what we do here but i would say that Ahsoka does not think of herself as a Jedi. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if she and Ezra consider themselves force wielders, but not Jedi. I could, yes, I could see that falling into the Inquisitors aren't Sith. Right. They aren't Jedi. But we do hear Ahsoka's voice in the I am all Jedi, the Jedi are me. Yes. I mean, I, I, I would argue that this is like, um, you know, if you ask Martin Luther when he died, he would still call himself Catholic. No mm -hmm. one else thought he was Catholic, but he thought he was still Catholic, right? So, like, yeah. uh, I, I, maybe this is a situation where at the end of the day, her opinion is one thing, but everybody still considers her the other thing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think it's one of those things where, you know, oftentimes I'm sure the – the events of her life seem much more dramatic in the moment than they do at the end. I, what I think is going to happen with, with, with the Luke of it all is I think Ahsoka is going to basically, Ahsoka and Ezra are going to go just someplace that isn't the main Star Wars universe, whether that's because, you know, look, we've seen Rebels has taken the most chances of any of any modern Star Wars media in terms of introducing some wild new ideas. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they're just going to go someplace else. I don't know. Yeah. I think what's hard about the the what they've built for themselves, and this is especially true of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we'll talk about this in a couple weeks, is that the more you fill in those time periods, sometimes the less sense it makes. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want them to be so caught up in the how do we make this all fit that the stories are simply there to connect plot points from other series or other mm -hmm. films i want them to do their own stories so we'll see how that goes but i'm i mean i'm really excited about the ahsoka series of, of all the live action stuff i think that's the one i'm most excited about and that's not even discussing the footage we saw just mm -hmm. 
the character, the fact that we know Hera and Sabine mm-hmm. are major parts of it. The fact that we know Chopper is a part of it. Yeah. You know, it's love it, them all. Love them all. Yeah. It's Hera, Hera as confirmed by Pablo Hidalgo. Yes. Who is the historian, the best pilot in Star Wars. Yes. I think we're going to see Hera in, um, in both the Ahsoka series and in Andor. And, and I then think her own Nazi apologist spinoff. Uh, <laughs> uh, essentially, yes. Um, uh, I I do think that Hera is the next big character to break out of all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that Sabine is going to cross over with the Mandalorian in a future season as well. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking was of the that, was that was that who is in footage that I also didn't see but read about? Was that who is? <laughs> In that, uh, well, we, we we know that Bo-Katan is a big part of that footage. Okay, and um, you know, there's a uh... man. It just seems like there's gonna be a lot of Mandalorians. And I I don't mean Mandalorian as in Din Jardin. I mean like there's going to be a lot of a lot of Mandalorian lore, a lot of lore of Mandalore in mm-hmm. the season three of the Mandalorian. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if you see. Sabine there, but I don't think Sabine is going to be a huge part of that series mm-hmm. season. I think we're going to see her be a big part of the Mandalorian season four, maybe. Okay. Or I wouldn't be surprised if there is a Bo Katan series that comes out of this or something. Mm-hmm. See that this is where we I you know, and this is not the place to speculate. We're trying to cover news here, but yeah. I feel like there's going to come a point where Rosario Dawson doesn't want to give five years of her life to Star Wars, mm-hmm. and like the 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 workaround for Pablo uh, for Pedro Pascal, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Why did that sound wrong coming out of my mouth? Anyway, yeah. Um, he had said that the ability to let other people be in the costume sometimes mm-hmm. is what made him take that role because he knew his life wouldn't be handcuffed by Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think at a certain point, Rosario Dawson is going to come to a, a conclusion similar to that. And so I don't think you can Yeah, because build... Kevin Smith's going to really need her for uh, Clerks 4. Hey, you know he has written multiple Clerks sequels. <laughs> you know it, buddy. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like she's maybe too big yeah. of a star to, to commit to that. So I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to figure out ways to continue to tell these stories without making them all they have to find ways to make them stories and not just character features mm-hmm. like there needs to be an overarching mandalore story that they can sub in bogatan sabine mm-hmm. death watch that's not their name which ones are you thinking of death is it death watch death watch Sound, again, what is with the, there? Am I there, having a stroke, Matt? Everything sounds yeah. wrong coming out of my mouth tonight. They're all but gone at that point. Um, or the remnants of what? But, but, yeah. You know, there's but, the, uh, but uh, House Vizra. House Vizra. Yes. That's you what know. I want to see. House yeah. Vizra. You know, there just there just seems like there's going there's going to be some sort of mm-hmm. um, there needs to be a Mandalore story that these yes. characters can all come in and out of. There needs you legitimately to be, could have a very good like. Japanese samurai or Chinese um, romance of three kingdoms style story. Yes. Um, with the houses vying for control of Mandalore because even, and that's, that's the part with either like the Ezra spinoff of Jedi-ness 
or the Mandalore pieces of it. We didn't touch any of that in the um, new trilogy. Right. We only really looked at the remnants of the Empire um, and the Jedi through the small lens of Luke and Yoda. Right. So we could tell these stories moving forward in ways we can't with anything else. Right. And I think that what we have to do is there either has to be a very well-established flashpoint where, okay, all these characters existed, but five years before The Force Awakens, this thing happened, and this is the end point we're building towards. They either have to establish that early on or establish that The Force Awakens is covering, and that the sequel trilogy is covering a smaller part of the galaxy than we have sort of previously thought it was. Does that, does mm-hmm. that make sense? You know, like they, yeah. There, there has to be either we're working within this confine or we have been working within this confine and now we're blowing that out. Yeah. I don't know which way it's going to go. I don't know. Because scale and timeline of the new trilogy doesn't really make any sense. I've been thinking about this a lot as we've been watching the stuff coming out celebrations. Like, I don't... Like, the galaxy is gargantuan it is right. thousands of systems like what yes. like it it doesn't make any sense like so, none of it makes sense so one of the things that kathleen kennedy said at celebration is that the films that are going to be coming out are going to be set in and around the sequel trilogy era okay that they want to continue to push stories forward but that those stories are going to have nothing to do with the skywalkers essentially so I believe she said I I can't believe this to be true. But I believe she said that the end of 2023 is when we're going to see the Taika Waititi Star Wars film. Okay. But that's that's a fast turnaround for a Star Wars film. Like usually there's yeah. there's way more time that. So I'm going to say 2024 probably mm-hmm. makes more sense for that. Yeah. Um and then Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron is penciled in after that. And then she said, basically, when Ryan Johnson is done with his Netflix deal, maybe they will then, uh, you know, talk about the Ryan Johnson trilogy mm-hmm. that he wants to do. But all of that stuff is going to be sort of sequel trilogy adjacent, you know, uh, yeah, in that good. time frame. And that is good. That I, I think that is absolutely mm-hmm. what needs to happen right now because you can't keep telling these in-between stories forever. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. How many, there's only so many Boba Frick cameos you can toss in to make people happy. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's talk about a couple of things. We, we briefly mentioned Star Wars Skeleton Crew, which all we really know about that is that it is um, it, it's starring Jude Law. It is um, it is involving some some kids that we that we don't know yet, which is pretty fun actually. That it's all new characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we also know that the um, hang on a second. I'm, I'm looking for something in particular here. Uh, skeleton. So it, it is show run by John Watts and Chris Ford, and if those names sound familiar to you, it is because those are the folks who are who basically did the Spider-Man trilogy for Marvel. Oh, okay. So. You know that's um, that's exciting to me in the sense of I think that those first two films 
did a really good job of making me care about Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. The third film goes kind of off the rails in both good and bad ways, but I, don't, I also don't think they're going to be introducing a Star Wars multiverse in the third one. But who knows? Um, who knows? So, yeah, so so that yeah, that's pretty fun. Uh, we've talked a little bit about you know um, Andor and all this, but I, I, a couple more TV things before we move off them. Uh, Bad Batch is back for a second season this autumn. Mm-hmm. We have another that one you can watch the official trailer for. Yes, you can. That one was. Released. What you learn from it? I don't know. Stuff's happening. Looks cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also know there will be another Lego Star Wars special called Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. Oh my uh, god, I missed that. Yes. Yo, yeah, baby. Uh, it's going to be super fun. Apparently, <laughs> uh, Finn will be front and center in that. Okay. And uh, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown will, is reprising her role that she debuted in the Freemaker Adventures, mm. which is pretty fun. Um, let's see, what else? This Okay, so there's, a, there's an anthology of animated short films called Tales of the Jedi, which mm. are about the prequel era of the Jedi. There are go- both Ahsoka and Count Dooku have three features each in these six episodes. Whoa! The Ahsoka one, the first one starts with her as a baby. Mm-hmm. One of the Dooku ones features Liam Neeson and Liam Neeson's son as different versions of Qui Gon Jinn. Whoa! And Matt. I have been waiting to say these words to you since I read this, because you're the only person in my life who will fully appreciate them. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Dooku has a lightsaber duel with Yaddle. <gasps> no! Yes. No, oh, you're going to have to edit that audio there. Oh, my God. That... <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Oh, my God. Yep. Wow. We're getting Yaddle, bro. Oh, man. I hope she dies. Uh, Oh, my God. For those that don't know who are just listening to Matt freak out right now, Yaddle is the only pre-Grogu other version of uh, of whatever species Yoda is. Yeah, but it looks like um for anybody who plays pinball, the uh the trucker game where they just took the ventriloquist doll head and put a wig on it to make it into a girl version cuz that's what Yaddle looks like is Yoda with a terrible wig. Yes. Think of the uh for those who the pinball reference went over their heads. Think of the girl gremlin from Gremlins 2. Yes. And you're 90% the way there. <laughs> so I just – I love the idea that these are three stories for each of these really interesting characters. And I hope that this Tales of the Jedi will remain sort of a uh, a framing device through which we can look at other Jedi in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe we will get a Kanan Tales of the Jedi yep. one day. You know, maybe we will get a Mace Windu Tales mm-hmm. of the Jedi one day, right? There's there's yeah. lots of stuff you could do with this. So I think that's a really cool thing. And uh, those are coming out, like, way sooner than you'd think. Those are going to be out uh, this autumn on what? Disney+. Plus. Yes. Okay. So they're already, like, done. Oh, they're done. Yes. Um, they, they – again, we'll, we'll, we'll save what was secretive 
about Obi-Wan for that episode, but they've been doing a really good job keeping things under wraps with Star Wars. I mean, even the idea of Grogu, like, until we saw that last scene in the Mandalorian season yeah. one premiere, no one had any idea about that. Yeah. I think, like, they're just murdering production assistants at this point <laughs> to keep this amount of secrecy. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it, it's going to be really interesting to see how like if that changes much lower or if those are just fun little shorts. But you know what? It, it kind of reminds me of Star Wars Visions, mm-hmm. but it, it, this is more continuity based versus you know um, just through these letting these creators run wild with it. Um, but yeah, so that's a lot of the TV stuff. So just just to recap, we're getting Andor in August, August 31st, so really in September. But then this autumn, we're getting Bad Batch Season 2. We're getting Tales of the Jedi. Next year, in February, we're getting Mandalorian Season 3. After that, we're getting Ahsoka. After that, we're getting a Skeleton Crew. In addition, there is a new... Uh, Disney Junior show called Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures that will debut in spring of 2023 um, which features younglings in the High Republic era. Oh, oh, in High Republic. I was like, ooh, that I don't I don't like hearing younglings. No, much. no, no, no. Yeah, th- this is 100 years before that okay. happened. So, <laughs> um plus the the Star Wars Lego Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation which is August 5th. I mean, we have a lot of Star Wars TV coming up. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, a couple other non-TV things. There's going to be a 10-issue Yoda series from Marvel. Um, there's going to be a new volume of the High Republic comic that's coming out because they're, I guess the second batch of High Republic stories are about to come out. Um, we're also getting uh, another a, a sequel to the Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game, uh, which comes out on the Switch uh, next month. I'm sorry, no. That's not that's coming out at some point in the future. But the two thousand four Knights of the Old Republic two, the Sith Lords are coming out on the coming out on the Switch next month. Oh, okay. The uh, the remastered version of that. And um, the uh the Lego one just came out like a couple weeks ago. Like that's a brisk timeline for Star Wars games. Yes, it is. Yes, it absolutely is. Um and uh oh, I didn't even see this. Second volume of Star Wars Visions next spring. Oh, good. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. That all of this is good stuff to me. I I it makes me happy that Tales of the Jedi is not supplanting yes. visions that they can both exist as their own separate storytelling venues. Yes. So I think that adds a lot. I like that. I like that a lot. Absolutely. Um, and then did you want to talk about some of the other stuff that was announced uh, elsewhere? Yes, I was um, looking at through the um, the Hasbro presentation and then the um, – I forget, I, the games presentation uh, – um is the one who does all the games. The Hasbro stuff, normal, really cool um, action figures you'd expect, high-quality things for people who have a lot more money than I do. Um <laughs> Cool new lightsabers based on the Inquisitor's lightsabers you'll be able to get. Um, what I think is the coolest one is for everyone who was a fan of the BB-8 um, electronic 
droid mm-hmm. and the like snack and Grogu electronic toy. Uh-huh. Um, they are coming out with a fancy, you know, lights up, dances around um, Lola next year. So, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. They also have um, from the uh, I forget the name of the lineup, but there's like they're not pop figs. They're their own Star Wars animated looking small figures there's going to be a lola line of those coming out as well so i'll definitely have a lola on my desk (laughs) sooner rather than later um which is exciting yes it is um and the in the asmodi games um thing they made it very clear where the licensing stands for all the different games so fantasy flight had lost some of the rights to the Star Wars games. So Fantasy Flight will still be making the board games. And they announced an expansion of uh, Star Wars Outer Rim, which is a really popular cooperative or solo game. They're doing a nice um, kind of fringe bounty hunter Jabba-esque expansion for that, which looks cool. Um, They're continuing making a new set of Rory Story Cubes for Star Wars. I have the sequel trilogy ones but they're coming out with a mandalorian set and i think just a classic trilogy set as well um that would make for a great episode um let's us do it. rolling up and telling stories uh also the other one they were showing off they're still making the um through i think it's z-man games i don't remember who's making the other ones but um Love Letter, which is a great game. They have a Star Wars version of. And then Unlock. I don't know if you've ever played those. They're like a... I have not, no. Yeah, they are a like escape room in a box. Ooh. They came out with a Star Wars like trilogy. There's three different uh, in-the-box escape rooms that me, you, and Liz um, can definitely play through. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be cool. This uh, summer game, is the summer of us those. playing Star Wars games, I'm calling Heck it. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Um, um, and then the one... the Star Wars X-Wing, Star Wars Legions, and Star Wars Armada are now all from a new producer um, called Atomic Mass Games. And there is worry that they may just kind of fall into vaporware territory. But they announced some new expansions, and it looks like these games are going to be getting a lot of love um, in ways that they kind of hadn't for two to three years at this point. So... It's like Star Wars full steam ahead, both video, book, video game, and board game-wise. So it's it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Absolutely. And that's kind of where we're about to end this. I want to talk about celebration as a thing. So I'm glad they don't do celebration every year. Or at least they hadn't for a while. I don't know if they're doing one next year. I, I know They are in Europe. I, I was going to say, I know they're going to Europe next time, and that's next year. Okay. There has been a... You know, I think that almost everybody. I have not heard J.J. Abrams speak about Rise of Skywalker since it came out, but almost everybody I know thinks that's the low point of Star Wars, right? <laughs> and I, I have to give it to Star Wars that they said, "Wait a second, let's pump the brakes here and let's figure out what we're doing." And so, I, I, I really like, even if you disagree with with the with the move they're making. Even if you don't love exactly the the stories that are being told, the fact that they decided, listen, we have to stop this before it gets out of hand. Let's fix it. Let's remake Star Wars how we want to make it for the next generation. 
I think it's going really well. Mm-hmm. Again, there have been some missteps. I think I think all of us can say Book of Boba Fett was not fantastic. Although I wonder if it comes back for a second season, if they will learn from the mistakes of the first season. Um, but I just I I, I get the impression that. This feels to me very different than the Marvel expansion. When Marvel started expanding, it was because everything was a hit. And they were like, we got to get more out there because Marvel just can't lose. This feels like Star Wars, I don't want to say hedging its bets. That That's being more negative than I want to be. But like we said before, they're sort of planting these different gardens for us to walk through in terms of what we like in Star Wars. But my question is, does all of this stuff have to work? Are basically how close are we mm. to the next? All right, we got to regroup and figure shit out. I, I think they're pivoting towards Disney Plus is allowing them to be less. Um, what am I trying to say? I want to say less greedy because that's honestly what it really comes down to. But their expectations can be lower because I I can't imagine that the book of Boba Fett brought them less money than Solo did. And Solo is considered an abysmal failure. Right. But because Solo was on the big screen and only made them so many hundreds of millions of dollars as opposed to what they wanted it to be. That's a failure. Well, this is where this is where right. it's interesting, Book of right? Boba Fett, which people, you know, it was received like a wet fart, and it doesn't. They still got subscribers, so. Well, that that that's sort of I, I think where there's both a blessing and a curse here. On one hand, if something goes really well, Disney Plus can point to their subscriber base and say, "Hey, listen, we have." You know, I'm making this number up, but like 300 million subscribers, and you know we have the Mandalorian to thank for that. Similarly, when something goes poorly, they can say we have 300 million subscribers, and the Book of Boba Fett didn't hurt that at all, <laughs> right? Like you can you can talk out of both yeah. sides of your mouth with it because it doesn't. You don't sign up and say I am signing up for Disney Plus because of Doc McStuffins or because of you know, the Home Alone trilogy or because of Star Wars. You don't have to say that. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they have data for that, but that's not public-facing data. They can make up whatever they want to about this. So yeah. I think that there there is a certain amount of leeway they get in, in sort of the, the, um, the, the conversation about how successful or unsuccessful things are, whereas box office receipts can't be faked. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's harder for them to lie about Solo, even though I think that Solo is, uh, I think Solo is going to be, re- to me, that is going to be the the next space for reevaluation. Like, for a long time, the prequels were the bastard child of Star Wars, and now Solo is kind of the bastard child of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be due for a reevaluation. I don't think it's nearly as bad as as it t- as the haters will tell you it is. Will we see a series? Um, oh, what is her name? F and S. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. That seems primed for Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also, I think we talked about this a long time ago. I hope Disney Plus. 
I hope that they don't just do series, but they'll occasionally do a movie. Because mm. like that, the like the the, the, the even even uh, Kira from Solo, mm-hmm. who I like, I don't know if I need a whole series about her. No, but but a two hour movie, I can dig that. How about a twenty four issue comic series that'll stretch on to infinity? Well, that will that will obviously happen, but uh, <laughs> you know. But I mean, re- realistically, Book of Boba Fett could have been a movie. But they shoved two episodes of The Mandalorian in the middle of it. Yes, that's true. The two best episodes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't agree with that, yeah. but uh, you know. But I yeah. mean, they didn't have Cad Bane in it, so fair enough. Which there is zero chance Cad Bane is dead. I will double down and I'll explain it next episode because I don't want to put a spoiler for <laughs> Obi Wan, but. There is zero percent chance Cad Bane is dead. We'll talk about it next time. Um, <laughs> anyway, Matt, thank you for making the time to go through the celebration fun with us. Of course. Um, and uh, remember, folks, until next time, the Force will be with you always. 